This is episode six of season five of the Runner Girls podcast. On tonight's show, we will be talking about alternative motion machines. Hi, I'm Katie. I'm Megan. And I'm Sue, and this is season five of Renna Girls, three women brought together by a love of running. So last week when I was talking about how this has been such a mild winter and we really haven't had much s- snow, um, I regret everything. I, <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, it's like it's all coming now <laughs> and I totally jinxed it and I, I am, apologizing to everybody in New England, anybody who's getting snow this week, and I'm sure it's all my fault because I said we weren't getting any. Tuesday, we had snow all day. In fact, they ended up sending the kids to school and then had them released early. And then Wednesday, we woke up and it was freezing rain. And then Wednesday afternoon, the sun came out and it was 50 degrees and it was wonderful. And most of the snow melted. It was great. I went for a run. It was so nice. I was like, oh, it's going to be spring now. And then today, snow all day. We're getting 12 to 18 inches. It's still snowing. (laughs) I basically haven't left the house in the past three days except for that run that I mentioned. And I'm going to be home tomorrow, too. It's just... I don't know. I I can't see. Everything's white. Like, you just can't see anything out the window. Jeff is working at the power plant, which is almost an hour away from our house. And it was so bad snowing today. I'm like, you should not come home. So he ended up staying at a hotel that was, like, within walking distance from where he worked. And he's just going to get up in the morning and go back to work. And I'm stuck here without a car because my car died. So this is my life. Oh, gosh. (laughs) How is your life going, Megan? Pretty good. I don't want to brag or anything, but I ran in 60 degree weather last (laughs) night in shorts and a short sleeve shirt. Awesome. So it's very mild weather currently, although today with your blizzard, we got a ton of cold wind, I guess, coming down the East Coast. Everything is good. I had a crazy week at work trying to help that, but can't really because I can't make my students less crazy. (laughs) I can't make them make better choices, unfortunately. So they're going to be the way they are and I get to handle them. And it's lovely. Great. You have vacation coming up soon or? (laughs) I don't get a day off until March 31st and that's a teacher work day. Oh, well, that's only a few weeks away, right? Like six weeks? Try eight or so, (laughs) nine, seven. It's only the 8th of February. Too far away. (laughs) Yes, way too far away. And then our spring break isn't even till April 10th. Oh, Oh, we start the day we go back. Ours is the first week of April. Ours is always tied to Easter. You guys don't have February vacation? No. What's that? No. (laughs) We don't even get October vacation. But we were off very many days in January, so I really shouldn't complain because we had like the three snow days and then we only went one Monday for the entire month of January. So, all right, well, hang your mare, <laughs> right? Yeah. At least you had the nice weather yesterday. That's good. Oh, it was so uplifting. I think it just made my entire almost month. Awesome. And how is your month going, Katie, or at least this past week? Um, slowly readjusting to the Kentucky roller coaster that is our weather. <laughs> Keeping in line right with you girls, we had a couple of days of like during the day, of course, 65 degrees. And then today the high was 30. Mm-hmm. So back and forth, back and forth. But um, it's okay. Of course, it waits to cool down until I have to stand out in the parking lot tomorrow morning. <laughs> and other than that, I mean, it's been a pretty tame work week, at least for me, which is not something I've been able to say very often this year so far. But to make up for that, my dog has been sick. Miss Maddie has had an upset tummy. So even though I've gotten to take it a little easy at work, I've come home to not so pleasant surprises. Oh, no. Yeah, I mean, thankfully, aside from that, she's fine. It's just a stomach that, like, she just, she's always had a very sensitive stomach anyway. And um, 
The only thing that I can think of is like I bought her a new bag of food. It's the exact same brand, exact same type, just a, a new bag. So who knows? Maybe like the formula was a little different or whatever, but she did not handle that very well. So it's been mornings and evenings of nothing but chicken and rice and hopefully we're on the mend at least i made it home today to nothing which is good (laughs) do you feed her dry food or wet food do they make wet food for dogs they do yeah i just feed her dry food though kibble and then i always mix in some chicken and rice like i Uh mix up a big batch of chicken and rice at the beginning of every week just because she's always been a finicky eater and you know you want to make sure that you keep weight on on them especially as they get older keep a healthy weight of course but you don't want her to kind of start to lose weight so got her a new bag of dog food last week and like I said exact same brand exact same type everything but but she just did not do well (laughs) so I don't know it might not be the food it might just be something that you know she's picked up or maybe there was something wrong with the chicken maybe I mean you never know you know it's it's just one of those things to where she still has a good appetite. She still plays. She's still happy. She still sleeps fine. It's just not pleasant for me when we have bathroom breaks. <laughs> you know, one of my cats always, always throws up if she has dry cat food. Oh, really? Yeah. We've just eliminated that from her diet. We only feed her wet food twice a day, and now she doesn't throw up anymore. So um, I don't, oh, I don't know, good. like if how that works with dogs but yeah you just kind of have to experiment with foods and and finding the one that'll work for them meanwhile our other cat Mm -hmm. frank will eat literally anything he'll he'll (laughs) eat anything people food cat food he'll dig in the trash for food oh my god he chews up everything he just he's just always hungry and he's like he is twice the size of a six a six month old kitten should be. We went and had him weighed, and he was like eight and a half pounds. He's supposed to be four to five pounds. <gasps> he is double the size of a normal kitten. He's ridiculous. So I'm like, should we put him on a diet? So we've just stopped giving them dry food altogether and only give them wet food twice a day. But he's just still he's always hungry. Oh, <laughs> it's crazy. I know kittens grow fast, but he's a little ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Slow your roll, Frank. It'll be okay. Yeah. And meanwhile, he's like doing parkour off the walls and like knocking over tables and crap. He's insane. (laughs) (laughs) Frank the tank. Yes. So are you girls ready to move along and talk about our running? Yes. Yes. All right. I don't have a lot to share this week. I was talking about last week how I was worried I was injured again and so I ended up taking a full week off of running after my last run was Tuesday the week before. This week I went out on Tuesday to see how my leg was doing. I was pretty sure that the problem that I was having was um, calf, like in the calf muscle, so maybe like a minor strain. So I just didn't do anything. No running, no cross training, like a my miles are just tanking right now, um, but eating a ton of protein to help to re- repair any any damage that's done. So um, I went out on Tuesday and just tried an easy run, and I did three miles easy, and it was fine. So I good. was just like, oh, good, I can run again, yay. And so I decided, all right, I'll just take go really easy on my runs for the rest of this week. And then I was going to wait until Thursday to do my next run, but Wednesday was so gorgeous in the afternoon, and I knew we'd have snow all day today, so I ended up going for my run yesterday afternoon instead. And because it was so sunny and nice, and I was feeling good, I'm like, I'm going to go for my marathon pace run. So I did a mile warm-up, and then I was aiming for three miles at marathon pace, which was 10-minute miles. I don't know if it's just from taking a week off or what, or maybe because I've been doing a little more low carb this week, but it was a lot harder this week and I ended up taking walk breaks between each mile, but, but I got it done. So the first mile was 1014, second mile was 1005 and the last mile was 959. Did a slow jog run home and ended up walking another mile and a half or so up to Anna's bus stop to get her after school. And that was due to not having a car. And uh, yeah, that's that was it for this week. Um, hoping to get a long run in this weekend. It's going to be cold and snowing again. 
but uh, I'm going to try and fit it in. I'd like to do eight miles. I missed my long run last week, which would have been eight miles. So um, plan is eight miles this weekend. And then next week, the plan is, well, supposed to do hills on Tuesday. That's going to depend on how my calf is feeling because I don't want to push that. Another marathon pace run on Wednesday, no, Thursday will be four miles at marathon pace. And then my long run next weekend will be 10 miles. That'll probably depend on how the eight miles go. If the eight miles are rough, I might just do eight again or, or do nine or something. But um, but if the eight go well, then I'll probably go for 10. So we'll see. I'm just kind of like, I don't know. I, th- this whole marathon training plan that I'm doing right now is just, well, I'll see what I feel like. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I have my planned runs for the week and hoping that I get them in. My cross training has been a disaster the last few weeks and I'm really ready to get a car so I can go back to the gym. I have my stationary bike here, but I haven't been wanting to do anything on it because of my calf, but right. I got to do something because I feel like my fitness is tanking. So, um, so hopefully I get back to the gym pretty soon. So that was my training. Katie, how have things been going for you this week? Well, I don't have a lot to talk about this week either, although you had more to talk about than I do because I did not get a run in so far this week. Of course, we're recording on Thursday, so I've still got a few days left, (laughs) and I still plan on doing the resolution run on Saturday. It'll be at noon, and that's the one I mentioned on last week's show about like all the different distances and things. Um, Right now, I am planning on doing at least a 5K run with that. So I'm looking forward to that because we are supposed to warm back up this weekend. So I'm sorry, Sue. I don't mean to it's okay. <laughs> mean to rub that in, but I, I'm glad at least I don't have to bundle up. <laughs> you know what's ridiculous? The one thing I was excited about with the snow is that, yay, we, I can do the snowshoe race this weekend. They rescheduled it for two weeks from now. I'm like, oh no, ah, all the snow is going to be gone, damn it. <laughs> Did they just think that there was too much snow? Was that the deal? No, they rescheduled it before the snow came because the last few races had been canceled and people were complaining about the date of the race anyway. So it's the same day of the World Snowshoe Championships, I guess. And that's a big deal if you're a snowshoe racer. So maybe I'll go do that instead. There you go. (laughs) As my first snowshoe race. Yeah, yeah. Go big. So you were telling about your race. Yeah, just on Saturday. Like I said, they've got an official time clock and everything set up, but you can pretty much go out and run as as far or as little as you like, anywhere from one mile to 13. And right now I'm just planning on doing at least a 5K with that on Saturday. So that's kind of what I got planned out for the rest of the week. But yeah, the sick puppy kind of took precedent when I would get home from work and then had to clean up things and (laughs) then you're not really in the best of moods and so it was just not my best I I should have just gone over to the gym because it's not like I have to go that far but I just was frustrated I guess sure (laughs) so at least I'm I'm gonna get out there this weekend though so the run is supposed to start at noon which is nice because you know it's supposed to be back up around 60 and it should be should be comfortable running weather. So I'm looking forward to that. Nice. Well, I can't wait to yeah. hear about it. So Megan, hopefully you did better this week than me and Katie. <laughs> How's your training been going? Good. I got three of my four needed runs in. But nice. tomorrow is technically one of my days for running. So it's okay. So I did sun. Okay. First, because I was required to talk about this. Saturday, my normal long run day was taken up by being Marshall's, what he calls a Sharpie, because he's ridiculous. What's a Sharpie? I was really his Sharpa. It's what he calls Sherpa, because you know, he calls me his Sharpie, because I make him carry everything at my races and call him my Sherpa, so when I do it, I'm his Sharpie. Oh, for the Krispy Kreme race? Yes. So it was his Krispy Kreme race on Saturday, and it was cold, like in the 20s, and I got to my tail off again waiting on him oh but there was a coffee I found a local coffee shop so I went and bought a coffee and stood in the coffee shop and watched for a while oh, that was good nice. yeah yeah um he did really well 
He was really happy with his time because he took off 33 minutes from last year. Wow. That's insane. I saw that you put that on Facebook and I was like, holy crap, 33 minutes from last year's time? Did he finish under an hour? No, but he was 105. That's awesome. So to run five miles and eat a dozen donuts, he did it in an hour and five minutes. Holy cow. Exactly. (laughs) I'm in awe. I'm just, my mouth is open, (laughs) waiting for donuts. Yeah, I don't even know if I could eat a dozen donuts in an hour. (laughs) Let alone do all the running required to. Right. So he is super happy and proud of himself. And I'm proud of him too. It was good to see him do so awesome. So that took us... A while. The race didn't start till 8.30. So we were probably there until like 10 or 11. Mm-hmm. And we didn't get home until probably noon. So it kind of messed up my whole running day. Mm-hmm. And I knew that Sunday was going to be warmer anyway. Mm-hmm. It was going to get up to like mid 50s. I was like, I'm just going to run on Sunday then. It's only going to be like 30 today and 50 tomorrow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Easy choice. <laughs> Yes, very easy. So I did my long run probably about one fifteen on Sunday afternoon. I don't know if I like middle of the afternoon long runs, but it was warmest then, so I did it. Um, I forgot to bring water for my 10-mile run. Oh, no. How warm was so, it, 50s? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, y'all don't be dumb and forget water. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't bad. I made it through the run, but probably by mile six, I could definitely tell that I had not had any water. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of lagging. So is this the one where you're supposed to do like race pace during the run? Yes. What it was, was two miles easy, six miles at race pace and two miles easy again. Well, I did, I average, I did most of my miles at race pace. So that was really good. My first easy mile after race pace, I ended up walking most of it for a 14-minute mile. So it kind of messed up my average. Right. And I think a lot of that was due to the lack of water and not necessarily the whole, like, race pace being too hard. Right. Did you feel like you had trouble, like, staying to one pace, like you were going over and under? I feel like that happens to me a lot. Yes. Yes. I can't pace myself for anything. It's been so difficult trying to figure out how to pace. Because I had one, like my race pace is supposed to be 10, 18. Mm-hmm. So my two easy miles were in the 10s to start with, 10, 43 and 10, 50. And then my easy mile or my race pace miles were 9, 58, 10, 17, 9, 54, 10, 45, and then 10, 03 and 10, 03. I think your actually your pace should be lower than what it is, and that maybe that's why you're having trouble. But you'll find that the more you you aim for that specific pace, the more your body like gets zoned in on how that pace feels, and it get, does get easier further along into the training. Do you have more race pace workouts? Yes, I do. In three weeks. Okay. I do my last one and it's 10 miles again with the middle miles at race pace. So I did that. And then Monday night I did my speed work ladders, which I did pretty good. I mean, I was sore from running like just over 24 hours before. Mm-hmm. Oh, my 10 miler average pace was still 1041 with like a mile at 14 minutes. Good. So that was, I was proud of that. And then Monday night was we did 200 meters with a 200 meter walk, 400 meters, 200 meter walk, 600 meters, 200 meter walk, 800 meters, 200 meter walk, 1,000 meters, 200 meter walk, and then 1,200 meters, 200 meter walk. And how'd that go? It was fine. My butt was sore, but uh, when you think about running like 1,200 meters continuously after having just run 1,000 Are you supposed to be aiming for the same pace for each of those distances, or do you just gradually get slower as you run them? They're more based on feel, really, like just an elevated, faster pace than like an easy pace. Like it shouldn't be at an easy pace. So over time, I think it does get, I just push myself. We do get specific paces for like the, when we do 800s or 400s, but some of the ladders and stuff are just more on effort than on anything else. Interesting. And then last night was 
five miles of a race pace tempo, one mile easy, three miles at race pace, and then one mile easy. And I still suck at pacing. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) I could not slow down to do anything easy. So that was part of it. Or I was running too fast. So it was supposed to be one mile easy and then three miles at 1018 and then one mile easy. No mile was even in the 10s for all five miles. They're all under 10? All under 10. 947, 954, 943, 947, and 914. Holy crap. See, this is why I think you really need to do another race soon, with, even if it's just a 5K, just to see where your fitness is at. Because right now we don't know where, what your lactate no. threshold is. So he he's just kind of arbitrarily giving you paces based on the feedback that you're telling him, but you don't know what your actual fitness is, which makes it really difficult. Yes, that is true. So um, in this week, see, but I just ran a half and I feel like that should have been close. Well, I mean, I ran a half in training at 218, Mm -hmm. but that's where we pushed my pace down to 1018, which is like a 215. But anyway, this weekend I've got Saturday, like seven miles, which is not a race situation. And then Sunday is a relay race. Like we're on teams to do a marathon and I have five laps of 1.6 miles. No, four laps of 1.6 miles. So I'll get just over a 10K in. Mm -hmm. But each lap is only 1.6 miles of hills. So I don't know if it's going to be a good guess for like a race situation because it's only a mile and a half-ish of hills. Like it's in our park that's hilly. Right. All right. Here's a thought. Here's an idea. As far as your pacing goes, when you are doing any race pace workouts, here's what you should think to yourself. Is this half marathon effort? Is this how fast I would run in a half marathon right now? And be honest with yourself because normally I generally tend to go easier in a half marathon because I know I have 13 miles to go. Whereas if you're thinking, oh, I only have to do six miles of this 10 mile run at this pace, you're not thinking of... I need to last for 13 miles. So maybe if you're focusing on, okay, is this half marathon effort, maybe you'll get closer to that target pace. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and yeah, and I have 12 miles coming up in next weekend, not this coming weekend, but next weekend with just a two mile fast finish. So I just hit race pace for the last two miles. So maybe I could see then if it's something I can, cause that'll be a really close for a half marathon. Yeah. Absolutely. 12 miles to see if I can maintain and what'll happen. Because I know my 10 miles on Saturday was pretty maintainable if I would have had fluid water. Right. Because I just got really tired with no water or anything. I was thirsty is what it was. Like I seriously considered begging people for their water. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll we'll just survived. Yes. I mean, I wasn't like in the desert because I knew... I only had four miles to go, but it definitely, I think part of it was mental and my mouth was just so dry that I was just, it was just one of those runs that was not particularly fun. That's what I was going to say too. Almost like once you realize you had forgotten your water, then it was probably like, damn, I really want my water. (laughs) Yes. And that's what it was. Mm -hmm. So I've gotten in the habit of five miles, pretty much I'm good without water. Right adjusted to it it's okay but once I hit about six miles I know I really need that water or I haven't adjusted to it yet so right about when I hit my five and a half to six mile mark all I could think about was water and I just kept thinking about it for the rest of the run and it's totally my fault because I forgot the coolers are normally out but they're only out on Saturdays not on Sundays and I had a water bottle in my car that I just didn't take out of the car with me Mm -hmm. so That was just me being silly. Next week, I've got more speed work in fartlex, up, down, fartlex, and I can't remember what those are, but I think it's like a pyramid thing. I think we do like 30 minutes fast, 30 minutes, 30 seconds fast, 30 seconds easy, 60 seconds fast, 30 seconds easy, 90 seconds fast, 30 seconds easy, and then maybe two minutes fast and 30 seconds easy, and then get a break and then repeat. Or we go back down. Oh, yeah. So that's what it is. So we go, we only don't go up to two minutes, but we go up to 90 seconds. And then we do 90 seconds again, and then 60, and then 30. Because there's a big chunk of time where we run like fast for a little bit back to back. 
right. so it ends up feeling like forever. Sounds like fun. Yeah, it is. I like it. And especially it's time-based, so I don't really have to think as much about it. Uh, I do. I move my weekly middle-of-the-week run up to six miles next week, and that'll be tempo intervals. So I'll do a half mile of race pace or a little bit faster than race pace and then a quarter mile of slower. So that'll work. And then I have four miles easy. And then that 12 mile long run with a two mile fast finish where I finish at race pace. Awesome. Um, What's your total mileage for the week now? Uh, This week I'll have 28. So next week it'll be up down fartleks will end up being between three and four ish, maybe Mm -hmm. up to five with warm up and cool down. So five, 11, 15, 12, like 27. Wow. So mid to high 20s. That's some good training for a half. I'm excited for you. (laughs) Me too. And the weather should be so good in March. And it'll be after the time change. Those are the best words I've heard all day. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, great training this week, Megan. And up next, we have our weekly topic, which is alternative motion machines for cross training. Alternative motion machines, what are those? Basically, different types of machines that they make now. I'll just read it what it says in the article because they explain it better than I could. (laughs) It's not every year or decade even that a brand new type of exercise equipment hits the market. The 1960s saw the rise of the treadmill. The 1980s had stair steppers and elliptical trainers emerged in the 90s. All three machines have plenty of benefits, but also certain weaknesses. And where there's weakness, there's opportunity for manufacturers to create a better product. Enter the alternative motion machine, a new type of cardiopulmonary exercise equipment that supposedly borrows the best concepts from the treadmill, elliptical, and stair stepper for a revolutionary workout experience. Alternative motion machines feature a dynamically variable stride mechanism, which simply means you can control the length of your stride at will, as you would on a treadmill or while running outdoors. But as with an elliptical, your feet are always in contact with the machine, so there's very little to no pounding. In addition to being easier on the joints, this low-impact motion also makes for relatively quiet operation. Nice if you live in an apartment or smaller house. As for stair-stepper influence, alternative motion machines allow you to engage in short up and down strides for an intense quad-burning workout. And some models have moving hand grips that allow for upper body conditioning as well. Tonight, we'll be discussing the differences between four popular types of alternative motion machines, the Cybex Arc Trainer, Octane Fitness's Zero Runner, Nordic Tracks Freestride Trainer, and the Precore Adaptive Motion Trainer. All right, what is the Arc Trainer? This is the only one that I've actually used. The Arc Trainer is a cardio machine similar to an elliptical, but the motion is slightly different. The foot pedals travel along an arc rather than the elliptical. They come in two styles, lower body and total body. The original is a lower body machine that works your legs while you simply rest your hands on the rails or swing your arms at your sides. The total body machine gives you a full body workout, sort of like cross-country skiing. You can adjust the incline, resistance, and stride rate. This provides weight-bearing but non-impact exercise. Thanks to a balanced loading design, the ARC trainer is easier on your hips and knees than other machines. There's less impact than on a treadmill, and the ARC motion is better for your joints than the elliptical motion. The body positioning may be better for your back, too. One recent study suggests that individuals with or at risk for lower extremity joint pathology may benefit from exercise with modalities other than the elliptical trainer. As far as knee pain, if that's an existing problem, it's an individual thing. It seems most people do prefer the arc trainer motion over an elliptical, but it's not a guarantee. 
If you're not a fan of winter, this machine offers one benefit over cross-country skiing. It allows you to get that really intense full-body workout without worrying about slipping and falling, maintaining form, sliding off the trail, or getting cold. Sort of like how riding a stationary bike doesn't put you at risk of being run over by a distracted driver. And I think that's true for all of these (laughs) machines as well. And the one thing that I would say about the ARC Trainer... I actually prefer the elliptical more because the elliptical is, I think, more similar to the stride that I have when running because I tend to do more of a shuffle than a full out run. So the elliptical feels a little more natural to me and I can go faster on it. Whereas the arc trainer, I have to put the stride. Um, You can determine which stride you want from a range of like zero to like 20 or something like that. And I put mine pretty much at zero because I have a very low (laughs) stride. Like I don't stretch my legs very far when I run. Like I said, I shuffle, Um, but then I increase the resistance to get a better workout. But if you do increase the stride, it works different muscles. So if you do go up to, um, like, say, a 7 or a 10, then it's more of a what should be a running motion. Um, whereas if you go up to, like, 15 or 20, that is more like the Stairmaster, where you're really stretching your legs up and you're really getting that burn. So definitely interesting the way that one machine can work your body in really different ways. So, Katie, what about the free stride trainer? The Nordic track looks and feels the most like an elliptical trainer. Independent pedals are suspended above pivoting rollers via belt suspension system, which creates a unique feeling of floating through your workout, according to the manufacturer. The design also lets you quickly transition between various stride lengths and striding motions. Stride length can extend to a maximum of 38 inches. That's a long stride. <laughs> but there is, there is no stride height adjustment. For variation, Nordic Track designed a 10-setting automated incline, which alters the plane of the striding path. In long stride, testers said the machine felt like skiing or being on an elliptical. In short stride, a stepping motion was possible, but not easy to achieve as the machine favored working in an elliptical path as opposed to a true vertical stepping motion. Testers felt it was more like an elliptical or cross-country skiing motion than running. Increasing the cadence of the stride resulted in a longer stride rather than a faster running pace. Special features of the Freestride FS7i include touchscreen display and internet capability, custom workouts available through iFit technology and Google Map routes, or you can choose from the menu of 40 onboard programs and 24 resistance settings. Chest strap heart rate monitor also included. Oversized cushioned pedals offer comfort and traction. Dang, I need to get me like a treadmill, a fancy one. Because imagine (laughs) if you could just set like a Google Maps route and like run it wherever you wanted. I know. Isn't that cool? I always think that too. Life would be so much cooler on a treadmill. You could always put like your iPad on the treadmill and then open up like a YouTube of a view the race of whatever race you want to pretend that you're running. I mean, it's not exactly the same. Yes. <laughs> I think some of the treadmills will like adjust to the incline too. Like when you go through, you set up like the thing. <gasps> that is so freaking like cool. Like your route, like it'll adjust to the incline where you are. Mm-hmm. So you actually get okay, to run Okay, but we're, we're not talking about treadmills. So tell us about the Octane Fitness Zero Runner. <laughs> Okay, so this machine has the most unique design compared to traditional cardio exercise equipment. Simulated hip and knee joints on the machine mimic your legs' natural movements, allowing for an unparalleled stride length of 58 inches. That's taller than me. (laughs) Wow, yeah, it's tall. No, it's not. It's almost as tall as as me. (laughs) It's just under five feet. Yeah, it's almost as tall as me, too. Yes. There's no resistance or incline or onboard motors. Basically, you're the motor. You decide how the workout will go. As such, the Zero Runner's built-in exercise programs prompt you to start a different machine-based movement instead of actually controlling the machine. The Zero Runner mimics the infinitely variable path your feet might follow if you are running freeform, but it takes some getting used to. Unlike other cardio equipment, there's no resistance or incline or onboard programs that change the intensity of the workout. Testers said the Zero Runner's long stride felt like running, while its short stride simulated walking more than stepping or climbing. As to how it compares to running, opinion was sharply divided. 
A select group of testers thought the movement felt natural with a nice range of motion throughout the entire gait. But there were those who found it difficult to establish and maintain a consistent running motion and never got comfortable with the movement pattern. And most found it particularly difficult to increase running cadence, which made for a limited stride turnover rate. Special features of the ZR7 include a chest strap heart rate monitor, Octane's smart link app that connects an iPad device to the Zero Runner to provide data tracking and customized workouts. There's also an array of built-in programs, including cross-circuit ones that allot time for off-machine exercises, and anchors on the machine make it easy to attach resistant resistance bands for strengthening exercises. That's cool. One person I know who uses Zero Runner is uh, Teresa from Charmed Running, and Neon is my color. Anytime like she's injured and she can't run, I see her like posting runs on the Zero Runner, and I think she also like supplements her running with it to keep her aerobic base up. So it's really cool, and I really, really want one, but they're way out of my price range. <laughs> All right, and the last machine that we are talking about tonight is the Precore Adaptive Motion Trainer with OpenStride. This trainer features pedal arms pivoting on two joint articulating linkages that hang from the frame by a belt. This configuration provides the two-dimensional freedom of motion necessary for a variable stride length. Stride height adjustments are made using one of two large toggle levers. The other toggle controls resistance. Stride length can extend to a maximum of 36 inches, the least of any of the tested models. However, the open stride feature lets you adjust the height of the stride cycle from 6.8 to 10 inches. Testers said the long stride felt more like an elliptical motion, while its short stride simulated stepping. Testers felt its movements were more similar to an elliptical than to actual running. The motion lacked the impact of a heel strike, though they felt it provided a good workout. It was somewhat difficult to increase the cadence to replicate the turnover experienced in running. Special features of the Precore Trainer include six onboard programs that automatically manipulate resistance. The machine itself is self-powered by an internal generator, so no power cord is needed, though an optional one is available. The unique stride length indicator is an illuminated pendulum that swings back and forth to indicate the frontmost and rearmost extent of your stride length. There is also an onboard transceiver that will work with a user-supplied chest strap heart rate monitor. So that's cool. Like It's amazing the technology that people come up with to allow people who want to run but can't run experience somewhat similar running experience. So um, lots of right. neat options on there, and if I could buy them all, I would. I swear, if I ever won the lottery, I would be, like, making my own gym. (laughs) I would basically live in a gym. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so that concludes our segment on alternative motion machines. Up next, we have Runner Girl Recommends. Alternative motion machines, what are those? Basically, different types of machines that they make now. I'll just read it what it says in the article because they explain it better than I could. (laughs) It's not every year or decade even that a brand new type of exercise equipment hits the market. The 1960s saw the rise of the treadmill, the 1980s had stair steppers, and elliptical trainers emerged in the 90s. All three machines have plenty of benefits, but also certain weaknesses. And where there's weakness, there's opportunity for manufacturers to create a better product. Enter the Alternative Motion Machine, a new type of cardiopulmonary exercise equipment that supposedly borrows the best concepts from the treadmill, elliptical, and stair stepper for a revolutionary workout experience. Alternative motion machines feature a dynamically variable stride mechanism, which simply means you can control the length of your stride at will, as you would on a treadmill or while running outdoors. But as with an elliptical, your feet are always in contact with the machine, so there's very little to no pounding. In addition to being easier on the joints, this low-impact motion also makes for relatively quiet operation. Nice if you live in an apartment or smaller house. As for stair-stepper influence, alternative motion machines allow you to engage in short up and down strides for an intense quad-burning workout. And some models have moving hand grips that allow for upper body conditioning as well. 
Tonight, we'll be discussing the differences between four popular types of alternative motion machines, the Cybex Arc Trainer, Octane Fitness's Zero Runner, Nordic Tracks Freestride Trainer, and the Precore Adaptive Motion Trainer. All right, what is the Arc Trainer? This is the only one that I've actually used. The Arc Trainer is a cardio machine similar to an elliptical, but the motion is slightly different. The foot pedals travel along an arc rather than the elliptical. They come in two styles, lower body and total body. The original is a lower body machine that works your legs while you simply rest your hands on the rails or swing your arms at your sides. The total body machine gives you a full body workout, sort of like cross-country skiing. You can adjust the incline, resistance, and stride rate. This provides weight-bearing but non-impact exercise. Thanks to a balanced loading design, the ARC trainer is easier on your hips and knees than other machines. There is less impact than on a treadmill, and the ARC motion is better for your joints than the elliptical motion. The body positioning may be better for your back, too. One recent study suggests that individuals with or at risk for lower extremity joint pathology may benefit from exercise with modalities other than the elliptical trainer. As far as knee pain, if that's an existing problem, it's an individual thing. It seems most people do prefer the arc trainer motion over an elliptical, but it's not a guarantee. If you're not a fan of winter, this machine offers one benefit over cross-country skiing. It allows you to get that really intense full-body workout without worrying about slipping and falling, maintaining form, sliding off the trail, or getting cold. Sort of like how riding a stationary bike doesn't put you at risk of being run over by a distracted driver. And I think that's true for all of these (laughs) machines as well. And the one thing that I would say about the ARC trainer... I actually prefer the elliptical more because the elliptical is, I think, more similar to the stride that I have when running because I tend to do more of a shuffle than a full-out run. So the elliptical feels a little more natural to me and I can go faster on it. Whereas the arc trainer, I have to put the stride. Um, You can determine which stride you want from a range of like zero to like 20 or something like that. And I put mine pretty much at zero because I have a very low <laughs> stride. Like I don't stretch my legs very far when I run. Like I said, I shuffle. Um, but then I increase the resistance to get a better workout. But if you do increase the stride, it works different muscles. So if you do go up to um, like say a seven or a 10, then it's more of a what should be a running motion. Um, Whereas if you go up to like 15 or 20, that is more like the Stairmaster where you're really stretching your legs up and you're really getting that burn. So definitely interesting the way that one machine can work your body in really different ways. So Katie, what about the free stride trainer? The Nordic track looks and feels the most like an elliptical trainer. Independent pedals are suspended above pivoting rollers via belt suspension system, which creates a unique feeling of floating through your workout, according to the manufacturer. The design also lets you quickly transition between various stride lengths and striding motions. Stride length can extend to a maximum of 38 inches. That's a long stride. <laughs> but there is, there is no stride height adjustment. For variation, Nordic Track designed a 10-setting automated incline, which alters the plane of the striding path. In long stride, testers said the machine felt like skiing or being on an elliptical. In short stride, a stepping motion was possible, but not easy to achieve, as the machine favored working in an elliptical path as opposed to a true vertical stepping motion. Testers felt it was more like an elliptical or cross-country skiing motion than running. Increasing the cadence of the stride resulted in a longer stride rather than a faster running pace. Special features of the Freestride FS7i include touchscreen display and internet capability, custom workouts available through iFit technology and Google Map routes, or you can choose from the menu of 40 onboard programs and 24 resistance settings. Chest strap heart rate monitor also included. Oversized cushioned pedals offer comfort and traction. Dang, I need to get me like a treadmill, a fancy one. Because imagine <laughs> if you could just set like a Google Maps route and like run it wherever you I wanted. Know. I know. Isn't that cool? I always think that too. Life would be so much cooler on a treadmill. You could always put like your iPad on the treadmill and then open up like a YouTube of a view the race of whatever race you want to pretend that you're running. I mean, it's not exactly the same. I guess. <laughs> 
I think some of the treadmills will like adjust to the incline too. Like when you go through, you set up like the <gasps> thing. That is so freaking like cool. Like your route, like it'll adjust to the incline where you are. Mm-hmm. So you actually get okay, to run Okay, but it. We're, we're not talking about treadmills. So tell us about the Octane Fitness Zero Runner. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this machine has the most unique design compared to traditional cardio exercise equipment. Simulated hip and knee joints on the machine mimic your legs' natural movements, allowing for an unparalleled stride length of 58 inches. That's taller than me. <laughs> well, yeah, it's taller. No, it's not. It's almost as tall as, as me. It's just under five feet. Yeah, it's feet. almost as tall as me, too. Yes. There's no resistance or incline or onboard motors. Basically, you're the motor. You decide how the workout will go. As such, the Zero Runner's built-in exercise programs prompt you to start a different machine-based movement instead of actually controlling the machine. The Zero Runner mimics the infinitely variable path your feet might follow if you are running freeform, but it takes some getting used to. Unlike other cardio equipment, there's no resistance or incline or onboard programs that change the intensity of the workout. Testers said the Zero Runner's long stride felt like running, while its short stride simulated walking more than stepping or climbing. As to how it compares to running, opinion was sharply divided. A select group of testers thought the movement felt natural with a nice range of motion throughout the entire gait. But there were those who found it difficult to establish and maintain a consistent running motion and never got comfortable with the movement pattern. And most found it particularly difficult to increase running cadence, which made for a limited stride turnover rate. Special features of the ZR7 include a chest strap heart rate monitor, Octane's smart link app that connects an iPad device to the Zero Runner to provide data tracking and customized workouts. There's also an array of built-in programs, including cross-circuit ones that allot time for off-machine exercises, and anchors on the machine make it easy to attach resistant resistance bands for strengthening exercises. That's cool. One person I know who uses Zero Runner is uh, Teresa from Charmed Running, and Neon is my color. Anytime like she's injured and she can't run, I see her like posting runs on the Zero Runner, and I think she also like supplements her running with it to keep her aerobic base up. So it's really cool, and I really, really want one, but they're way out of my price range. <laughs> All right, and the last machine that we are talking about tonight is the Precore Adaptive Motion Trainer with OpenStride. This trainer features pedal arms pivoting on two joint articulating linkages that hang from the frame by a belt. This configuration provides the two-dimensional freedom of motion necessary for a variable stride length. Stride height adjustments are made using one of two large toggle levers. The other toggle controls resistance. Stride length can extend to a maximum of 36 inches, the least of any of the tested models. However, the open stride feature lets you adjust the height of the stride cycle from 6.8 to 10 inches. Testers said the long stride felt more like an elliptical motion, while its short stride simulated stepping. Testers felt its movements were more similar to an elliptical than to actual running. The motion lacked the impact of a heel strike, though they felt it provided a good workout. It was somewhat difficult to increase the cadence to replicate the turnover experienced in running. Special features of the Precore Trainer include six onboard programs that automatically manipulate resistance. The machine itself is self-powered by an internal generator, so no power cord is needed, though an optional one is available. The unique stride length indicator is an illuminated pendulum that swings back and forth to indicate the frontmost and rearmost extent of your stride length. There is also an onboard transceiver that will work with a user-supplied chest strap heart rate monitor. So that's cool. Like It's amazing the technology that people come up with to allow people who want to run but can't run experience somewhat similar running experience. So um, lots of right. neat options on there, and if I could buy them all, I would. I swear, if I ever won the lottery, I would be, like, making my own gym. <laughs> my, I would basically live in a gym. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that concludes our segment on alternative motion machines. Up next, we have Run a Girl Recommends. Our Run a Girl of the Week this week is somebody who, one, is an avid listener of our show who I couldn't believe we'd never put her as runner girl of the week 
Are you serious? Yeah, she's not on here. Wow. Wow, I'm shocked. I found one like today that uh, has never been on there either. And I was like, how is that possible? She's always posting runs. Anyway, do yours. <laughs> so it's Becky from Run Becky Run. Yay. And uh, she ran three miles on the treadmill. And she hit 300 miles on her old Brooks Pure Flow 3s. And I thought it was really ironic that I chose her. And then your <laughs> recommend was about me. <laughs> you know why I've never picked her? Because I don't think she posts on Daily Mile. That's probably why. Now that we're looking at other websites, then we're going to see more different people posting runs, right? That would make yeah, sense. Yeah, she was on Strava. And I pulled her info from her Facebook. Because she posts on her Facebook, Run Becky Run, a lot. Right. So. Awesome. Well, great job, Becky, for putting 300 miles on your Brooks. And great job getting on the treadmill. She is really consistent, too. She posts runs like almost every day. It makes me feel bad. So <laughs> good job, Becky. I know. And she always posts in the I Run For group. And then I feel guilty. I'm like, oh, yeah, I need to go do that. And then I forget. <laughs> She's making us okay. all feel bad. We choose our Runner Girl of the Week from our Daily Mile, Smash Run, and Strava feeds. If you would like to friend us and possibly be a future Runner Girl or guy, all of those links are in the sidebar of our website at runnergirlspodcast.com. And that brings us to the end of the show. Katie, do you have a quote for us this week? I do. Uh, You girls know me and my positivity. I always try to find the good in things so I loved this I felt like this was a great quote it's from Abraham Lincoln and it says we can complain because rose bushes have thorns or rejoice because thorn bushes have roses so it's all about that perspective that we talked so much about in the early season shows you know it it all depends on how you're going to look at it how you're going to approach it so if you can try to find the good in something it makes it a lot easier to deal with <laughs> i like that thorn bushes have roses we don't yes. <laughs> we don't buy them for the thorns though <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> That is it for episode six of season five. Join us next time when we will be talking about yoga in our cross-training series. If you have any questions, email runnergirlspodcast at gmail.com, post on facebook.com slash runnergirlspodcast, tweet to us at runnergirlsshow, call the hotline at 207-200-3297, and follow us on Instagram at runnergirlspodcast. Listen to us at runnergirlspodcast.com, iTunes, or Stitcher. Thanks for listening. Now go outside and run.